Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, how do you live out your faith intentionally when you're a Christian college student? It may sound easy. But is it really? We're going to talk about that and more with our special returning guest today. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm so thankful that you're listening, friend. As you probably already know, every month we're inviting a young woman with real faith questions to join me as a co-host, and then together we're inviting guests on during the month to share their stories and also tackle some of my co-hosts' hardest questions or objections about following Jesus. As I shared last week when I was chatting with Tiffany, we've been doing that format since February this year, and I'm loving that format. The journeys that I've shared with my co-host, Tori, Lou, Dakmar, Becca, and Mariah have been so great, and I'm very grateful for them, and also grateful for our guests who each month have come on and shared. And I'm looking forward to returning to that format, Lord willing, next month. I'm also booking my final co-host for 2021 right now, so please head over to my website to hear more about that opportunity if you are a young woman with faith questions and interested in co-hosting with me. That's JanelleWood.com. But this month, as I've mentioned before, I have a family, and this time of year is the time when we press pause. But I didn't necessarily want to pause podcast content. Instead, I started thinking of what could bring value for you, my listener. And every month I feature the story of a young woman who is questioning or struggling in some way with faith. But for this month, I wanted to feature single episodes of people whom I may not have on to co-host, but whose stories you would benefit from hearing. Not that these guests aren't dealing with their own questions or struggles, but I wanted to dedicate one episode to talking with them about what it means to live out their faith. I also want to take just a quick break, um, a moment, and thank one of our Patreon supporters, Michelle Tupin. Michelle, thank you for your continued support of the Finding Something Real podcast. And friend, if you haven't joined us on Patreon yet, would you consider that today? Starting at $5 a month, you can help keep this podcast on the air. And I have some gifts for you when you sign up, including a one-time pack of stickers, a private Facebook group, and a monthly bonus episode I love our Patreon community, and I encourage you, if you care about this podcast, to please join us over there, and you can find out more about that, again, at findingsomethingreal.com. Okay, so friend, today on the podcast, I'm honored to introduce today's special 
guests. They've been on here before, and I'm grateful for their perspective, their insight, their love for God. And I think they're pretty crazy about each other, too. Please welcome back my friends, Isaiah Guerrero and Molly Oswald. Welcome, you guys. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just for the people who are listening, Isaiah, what time did you... We're recording this at 7.30 in the morning, and you didn't get to bed last night until... I probably fell asleep around 2.30. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And he's here anyway. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's uh, not a big deal. I do that all the time. Oh my gosh. That's Molly. I would always be up super late and then get up early for class. Is that right? Good. So would. I shouldn't I shouldn't feel too bad for him. Is that what you're saying? He, can, he can do it. <laughs> okay. Well, last time you were here, both of you had such great things to share. Isaiah, you shared your passion for ministry and music. Um, talking about the peace that's found in Christ and the the desire that you have to live for Jesus because he died for you. Um, You also shared a a song with us, which was really beautiful. And Molly, you shared about Jesus being the leading figure in your life. Um, Something that you shared that really resonated with me, you shared about the three things you said that will never change, who God is, what he has done, and what he has promised. I loved our conversation before. I, I remember months after we had recorded talking with somebody and she's like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That conversation with Molly and Isaiah. And, um, I agreed. So I was so grateful that you guys agreed to come back on here and, and share. So thank you for that. Thank you for taking the time. And even though you're saying it's not that big of a deal, uh, you know, less than six hours of sleep is a big deal in my book. So (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming back. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, thank oh you. my gosh. And Molly, something else that you shared um, last time, which I thought was great, and this is a quote, you said, it will always be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. And uh, I just love that because it's such a, <laughs> it's such a Christian thing to, <laughs> to believe. Uh, but it's true. So it is. And I definitely heard that from somebody else. So yeah. it's not my original quote. <laughs> well, I, I'm stealing it from you. And if anyone asks, I'll say Molly Oswald told me that. <laughs> so, what have you both been up to since you were on the podcast last time? Lots of stuff. <laughs> it was probably about a year ago. Uh, yeah, you guys were just graduating high school it was right um and I'll link the the episode that we did in the show notes because it was great but I think it was the very week that you were going to graduate from high school that we talked so yeah yeah, Isaiah's eyes are wide open yes I think it was like before any type of ceremony which I don't know what kind of ceremony it was during 2020 but I'd love to hear what has this last year been like for you start with Molly well it's a lot has happened in a year. We went to college. We both ended up going to Northwest um, in August. And yeah, it was, it was a crazy year with COVID, but it was, it was good to get to go. We ended mm-hmm. up having part online, part in-person classes, and we were both part of basketball. And so that was pretty busy, but we got to meet a lot of new friends and it was very exciting getting to just build our own community. And we really had to work on that ourselves because there weren't opportunities given to us by the school necessarily Mm. because of regulations. 
Yeah. Um, so it was definitely a challenge, but also exciting to get to have to be intentional in making friends and spending time with them. Yeah. And Western Washington, definitely the regulations were big. (laughs) So for Northwest to accommodate that and to, you know, be able to have you guys in person in the midst of all the things that were happening, uh, especially in the Seattle area, it's pretty, pretty awesome. But I imagine um, would definitely be an adjustment. Do you think it was strange having your very first year of college in that environment where, what was that like? (laughs) It started out with a lot of frustration. Honestly, like for me, brutal honesty for myself, it took me a little while to actually get out of my own head and think like, okay, this isn't as bad as it seems. Like this, mm-hmm. we can we can still make do. We can still make do, and we can find joy in the midst of this, I guess, crisis. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was. It took a little. It took a little bit for me, but I finally was able to just kind of get almost smacked in the face by God and say, "Hey, you're okay." It's not the end of the world yet. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. was, so we kind of, for me, it was, it started off frustrating, but then it kind of just got to the point where I was like, you know what, this is how it is. And it's nothing really I can do to change it. The only thing we can do is to make the best out of what we're given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was something that you guys talked about last time too. You were talking about your attitudes. I, I know that I've shared this story with Molly and I've shared it on this podcast before, but I had a very similar moment with the Lord last July where I was just sitting there with a bad attitude, like my arms crossed during worship, like wearing a mask and so irritated. I was just like, this is not okay. And um, the Holy Spirit just like, you know how he does, just gently but firmly was like, this is not the pit that you've made it into in your mind. Um, and I was just, oh, and he reminded me of Corey Tenboom, uh, the woman who, uh, if you're not familiar with Corey Tenboom's story, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but, um, she was, uh, hiding Jews in her home with her family during the Holocaust. And she ended up being imprisoned, um, in a concentration camp, um, during the Holocaust. She lost her father. Um, during that time, she lost, I think several members of her family, including her best friend, her sister, Um, in the concentration camp. And she wrote this amazing book years later called The Hiding Place. And it's one of the best books that I've ever read um, about somebody facing trial and tribulation and still coming out with such a strong, beautiful faith. But one of the things she wrote was there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And as I was like, having this moment with the Lord last July, um, he reminded me of that quote. And he's like, this is not this is not it, you know, <laughs> like, there are other hills to die on, but this is probably not one of them. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I understand that, Isaiah, because I've been in my own head quite a lot. And I tend to go that way. And God's just like, gently, like, um, anyway, this isn't about me, but uh, he's, he's so faithful uh, that way. So I know that that was frustrating for you. But once you were able to embrace that it wasn't the end of the world, um, how, How's it been? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty um, good. Lots of changes. Um, lots of changes and lots of interesting things have come up. Um, I'm not playing basketball anymore. Wow. I decided to drop off the team and get a job because, <laughs> you know, college is pricey. But yeah. um, I switched my major two times. What are you majoring in now? Psychology. 
So I'm really? going to mental health counseling. That was my major. It's a good major. Yeah. What's your What's your minor? Nice. Yeah. Um, counseling studies. Okay. No, pastoral care. That's, that's my minor. Okay. You kind of sound the same. Awesome. And then Molly, what's your major right now? I'm still in exercise science. Okay. Because you guys were doing that together. Is that right? Before? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. It was in chemistry and I was done. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, you, you guys started out, you met, was it January or February last year? February. February. Um, when you came on this podcast, you'd only been dating for like three months, but you both knew that you'd found something special. Tell me about your relationship. What is it like to like date somebody in the middle of COVID? And uh, what was that like for you? Do you want to go or do you want want me to Uh, go? (laughs) I mean, I can just say I'm really glad I met her before the mask mandate came about. Yeah. You got to see her face. Yeah, she has such a pretty smile. It would have been really difficult to to have taken notice at the scholarship competition if all you saw was out and everybody. Yeah. So. So, I'd say we're doing really good, at least from my perspective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think definitely going to college this year and obviously going through frustration with school and not being able to really meet a whole lot of people like we were with each other a lot Mm. and getting to spend that time together even though it may have been under frustrating times at times it was definitely something that grew us closer together and Looking back, like, I guess where we were a year ago, (laughs) I wouldn't have expected something like this. Mm. And I'm very thankful and very happy to to be here. What do you mean that you wouldn't have expected something like this? Um, Having not dated anybody before, um, I didn't really know what was in store for a relationship and I wouldn't have expected to get to be with my best friend. I wouldn't have gotten, mm. I wouldn't have expected to be so close with somebody and so comfortable with somebody. And looking at the future makes me very excited. Mm. I, I wouldn't have expected that and I'm very excited. <laughs> That's awesome. One of the things that uh, I love um, about, you know, being in a relationship with somebody that is your best friend is that iron sharpens iron kind of thing. And when you're going through hard things, uh, reminding each other of truth, have you found that with each other that you're able to, when one person's kind of like, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but it's a daily struggle, right? Like we can pretend, like we can act like we've got it all together, but really, it's like no, no, no. I need you to remind me of what I know to be true. Do you find that you two are good at helping each other do that? Because especially during this past year, I imagine that opportunity has come up a lot. Am I right? Yeah, they're nodding their heads. Yeah. yeah. Well, Molly's definitely helped me quite a bit. <laughs> I don't know if I can say the same about myself. I mean, I try, but definitely Molly's been a 
great, great. Like, I don't know. I probably would have just, I don't know where I'd be mm. if everything went down and she wasn't there. I mean, I'd be fine, obviously, because God reigns and he's good. But gosh, she's been an amazing help constantly like a reminder of she's always been there to like have a bible verse or to like give me some good just almost like focus my mind back on what's true and like try and help me to just see through the lies that the, that the, um, the enemy's trying to tell me <laughs> so it's just been yeah like you said iron does sharpen iron it's been super encouraging a lot yeah. of times because especially in a time full of such trying times i guess for people especially for college students and for um well i mean pretty much anybody i think just people that have even just close friends to to help walk the walk the line with you know it, it definitely helps quite a bit so yeah molly's, molly's been amazing <laughs> and i'm really thankful yeah well, one of the things that I really admire about your guys' relationship, the way that you talk about each other, um, how has your faith been impacted over the past year? I think for me personally, like it's grown in the fact where I just have more tangible ways to see how God has just guided me through stuff that I definitely wouldn't have gotten through by myself. Um, there's definitely been overwhelming direction in many areas of my life where I was like, man, if I was left to my own devices, I would be in a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I guess that, that just creates this testimony of, you know, God is good all the time. And no matter what he has his hand on his people, mm-hmm. like, you know, the verse in the Bible where it says um, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. I think a lot of people tend to leave out the called according to his purpose part and just focus on, see, all things are going to be good for you. (laughs) No, if you're called according to his purpose and you are seeking out his will in your life, then yes, he's going to work things out for good. And that doesn't mean happiness all the time, but it means good, whether that's from a, or it means good from a divine perspective. And so I think that's something that has just shown true to me is that, a lot of times when things don't feel good in the world, they're still working out towards the plan, like the ultimate redemptive plan in the individual's life and in the life of God's people. Mm. And so I think that has kind of been part of my faith journey is just realizing that and being directed by that. Yeah. I'm going to ask a follow-up question to that then. What does it mean to be called according to God's purpose? I think everybody becomes called becomes called according to God's purpose once they um, once they choose a repentant heart and accept the Lord and accept what Jesus did on the cross for them. Yeah, I think that there is no greater heart changing power in all of these all of existence than the grace of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and. I think that 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 when once that transformation happens within one's heart, they can't help but want to be called towards God's purpose, whatever that is. Like that's how that's why people would go to their deaths proclaiming the name of God. That's why people would make rash decisions and rash choices to testify 
of the, of the name of Jesus. Like I, that's what I imagine being called according to God's purposes. It's mm. being willing to do the, the unthinkable when God, when God asks it of you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I love what Josh White from Door of Hope uh, in Portland says. He says, God has already declared a giant yes to you and your life because of Christ Jesus. Um, it's up to you to say yes to his yes. Um, and, uh, Drew, uh, Berryessa, who's been on this podcast recently now twice, he says, you were made on purpose for purpose. And, uh, I love that because it's so true, but we do have a choice, you know, to, to say yes to what God is already extending to us. Molly, how about you? How's your faith been impacted this past year? It was definitely a journey. Um, I'd say being separated from your hometown, your family, things that you grew up with, and honestly, like a lot that you identify with, it is hard to feel like yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I know that if Isaiah wasn't there, this would have been a lot more difficult for me, but it was still still a challenge in um, identity is feeling rooted in God and feeling his presence. But even though you know that he's there, you know that he's with you, that he is good, sometimes it doesn't always feel that connection and so I think that was something that was difficult for me over the last year but I think that also provides a lot of growth (laughs) because you're not always going to be with your family your people your town your the things that you associate with you're not always going to be there but God is always going to be there And I guess I had to be reminded of the things that we talked about last year of the things that never change. Mm -hmm. And so I think with so much change, it was hard to be reminded of the things that don't change, Mm -hmm. who God is, what he's done and what he's promised. (laughs) And so I think I had to take my own advice in that and (laughs) Don't you love Where's how God something? does that? <laughs> he like puts something on your heart and then it's like, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't laugh. But it's like, yeah. I did that for a reason. <laughs> I did that for a reason, Molly. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, just you wait. You'll see. You'll see what this is for. Um, but yeah, so it was probably directly correlated yeah. um, between those two things. But that's definitely an area that he's been working in me is that identity and where my identity is found and mm. how to hang on to hang on to the rope when everything around is changing. Yeah. Yeah. So when you feel like that, like, Oh, where have I put my trust? I think last time when we were talking, you talked about anything can become an idol. Um, I know just, as I've shared, you know, I'm, I'm married to my best friend. 
uh, sometimes even he can become an idol, right? Because uh, he's, it's so easy for me to lean on him instead of leaning on the Lord. Um, do you, have you found that to be true too? Or has, I don't know. I, um, I'm just wondering what you do when you find yourself in that place. Um, how in a tangible way have you reached out to the Lord in those moments? Well, I know Isaiah and I had to have some like hard conversations about that and what our number one priority is and what um, idolizing someone looks like. And if we were doing that with each other and spending so much time together and um, just being reminded of it's not about us, it's not about each other, it's about God. And that can be hard when you're spending so much time with someone and I know that it wouldn't have <laughs> changed the time that we spent with because it was definitely something that God grew us together in mm-hmm. and grew us closer to each other. But when that's happening, we do have to be careful about, okay, we don't want to idolize this person and recognize the gift that they are from God, but that they're not God. Yeah. And so I think we definitely were, had to remind each other of that Mm -hmm. and just always keeping an eye on that to be able to check it if it does get out of focus. So, yeah. I think that like us as human beings, we're wired to put a ton of stock in other people or Mm -hmm. other people in our lives. Like when we're, young children it's our parents are never wrong you know that's just the idea is that, like if anything bad ever happens they are protectors and they are like it's amazing i think it's great but when we become older too and we meet someone else that becomes super close like that we fall into that same trap sometimes where it's like this person can do no wrong or but it's easy to it's good to remember that no matter how much you love this other person, there's still another human being that needs God's grace as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And then you also remember, I'm still another human being that needs God's grace as much as they do. Yeah. And that becomes a very humbling perspective when you kind of, when, when you're with someone, either you see yourself mess up or you see them mess up and you see contentions arise and you're like, wow, sometimes it's a miracle that, <laughs> things gonna fall off the rails thank you god for keeping this together yeah so uh, yeah that was there's definitely been lots of times to grow and kind of with molly and i to realize that hey like our hope isn't in each other our hope is in god like and we need to focus that i love um i don't know if this is probably really cliche but the triangle analogy you know the triangle analogy maybe i do but go ahead you and got share. two people this far apart and they both grow closer to God, then they'll grow pro- closer together as well. Okay. And yeah. Something my no. friend. <laughs> I'll, I'll shout him out. Ethan Wall was something he taught me. Cool. That's awesome. He's my roommate. But uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, that um, that's something I kind of kind of started to see come to life a little bit. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and. <laughs> And a close relationship like what you guys have, 
um, I know that you start to see yourself in a different light too. You start to see like the dark side a little bit more. Um, like <laughs> there's nothing like the eyes of somebody who cares about you looking back at you as you. <laughs> Like when you see yourself kind of uh, struggling with different things to go, oh man, I can't hide this anymore. This person sees it and it's exposed. And this thing that I just could ignore when I wasn't in a relationship like this, now I actually have to deal with, um, you know, a refinement. And I love what you just said, Isaiah, like this grace uh, for the other person. It's it's harder when the person's acting like a saint, right? I mean, when the person's like amazing, it's like, oh man. <laughs> but when someone fails you, there's also grace there because it's like, man, they're not God even when they're like amazing and like an angel and they're not God when they're failing, right? It's choosing to go, okay, God, thank you. Like what you were saying, Molly, this person's a gift. Help me to, you know, be most grateful to you for this creation that you've brought into my life and uh, this relationship that you've uh, yeah sustained so I wanted to ask you guys I know you're at a Christian college I've been at a Christian college before not during COVID but uh, you know I think sometimes there's this idea that if you go to a Christian college you're in this nice little bubble um, everybody's singing kumbaya or worship songs and everybody's happy and getting along and uh, you know it's really, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe that was just a, an idea, you know, 20 years ago when I was in college, but it was a thing, right? Like, oh, everybody's happy. But then really, everybody's going through their own junk. It's um, almost, I found in some ways, uh, looking back on it, um, almost harder in some ways, because it is so culturally for me at the time, going to a Christian college, it was so culturally accepted, like, oh, yeah, go to chapel, go do this, do this. And it suddenly becomes like a rhythm of just do instead of resting in the done that Christ has already uh, completed. So I'm just wondering what your guys' thoughts are now that you've completed a year of Christian college. Has it been easy uh, to be strong in your faith or, or what? I think that a Christian university is still a university. <laughs> and then there's definitely a certain culture that goes that goes along with university, even if it's um, even if it's not not as widespread as let's say like WSU. Sorry to all those who are Cougar fans, but <laughs> that school has a reputation. But uh, no, I'm just saying that like you're gonna find. Um, you're going to find the secular worldly college culture on any college campus, but at Northwest, it is definitely kept way more in the dark and it's behind closed doors from what I can tell. Cause I don't hear much about it, but I did like, you hear rumors about it and you hear just stuff through the grapevine, which is terrible. And I'm like, Oh, really? I can't really imagine that going on here, but there definitely is. But I think that, like well, how you how you touched on like yo, know, you go into chapel and it becomes this routine. That was something that kind of happened to me was where it just felt like another class to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went into the school thinking that, oh yes, all my theology classes are gonna be so invigorating and so faith enriching and chapel's gonna be so awesome. I'm gonna be wanting to go every day. And then a couple months in, I was like, Really? We got chapel at 1045? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like really? Like 
just I'd rather just sit in my room and read my Bible on my own or just like that kind of fell into that attitude of like, oh, because it's required, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I think that's that's another theme there is it? it's like, well, you know, what? if there is a very strong push in one direction, there's going to be an equally strong push in the other direction. Like that's just the laws of physics coming into play, too. It's like, <laughs> if, yeah, there's an equally there's an equal force pushing back against against it. Well, I think that. Um, the enemy definitely tries to attack and, and try and infiltrate Christian colleges even probably more than he does secular colleges because secular colleges aren't really a threat because mm. they're already teaching his lie. Mm. But Christian colleges are teaching the truth or at least trying to. And so I think that that's a greater pressure for him to try and, oh, I'm going to work harder on them then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I think um, when I was at my university, um, my undergrad, it was that like sense of lukewarmness, like hypocrisy and lukewarmness. It just was like, ah, uh, you know, like you, what you just touched on. Um, this is just routine. My heart isn't in it. I don't want to be here. You know, I think I even lied about going to chapel one semester quarter, you know, like you had to write like some sort of essay. It was like the honor system. Like, yep. Chapel was great. You know, like, I mean, when you're lying in your Bible class, which I also did, or lying, uh, you know, about going to chapel, you might want to check your heart. Um, I mean, I was going through a different season in my life than you are, but yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Um, how about you, Molly? I think you both touched on it a little bit in different points. Um, Yeah, I think there is this kind of, like you said, (laughs) Janelle, this kumbaya, (laughs) everything's great. We're going to chapel, singing worship, God is good, end of story. Um, But also, like you said, Isaiah, there's, there's darkness in everybody's life. And it's like you said, it's behind closed doors. And I think even just individually, a lot of people have hurts and struggles that go unnoticed or are pushing, they push under the rug because they might feel ashamed of, oh, like everybody else has their lives together. Everybody has this great relationship with God. And so we're just going to pretend like everything's good for us. And I think that's not always the case, but I think sometimes that does happen. And so I think, and I don't know what it's normally like in regular college years, but this year I think that happened a lot because a lot of people didn't have a community structure to build them up and to remind them of truth, to have somebody to listen to, to talk to. And so I think a lot of people fell through the gaps in that Mm, and were missed, Um, which is very sad to say, but I think that happened and I hope things, (laughs) people don't get missed next year. And I hope that students also recognize that and can help each other and build each other up because I think that is a struggle. And I think that happened not just on a Christian campus, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people fell through the gaps and mm-hmm. were missed. Um, 
but as far as a Christian campus, I think they also, there's also this pressure to feel and look like a good Christian mm-hmm. when you are hurting. Yeah. Do you think that your Christian college experience, your co- Christian university experience, do you think that there is room for somebody who is struggling, who is questioning either their faith or questioning, like, why is this happening to me? Why can't I have a community? Um, is there, do, do you find that there are, um, there are places that people can go when they are struggling like that, that are within Christian community uh, versus going outside or trying to hide it into the darkness. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, I think so often what I hear from young people is this, like, I couldn't ask it here. I couldn't find it here. So I had to go elsewhere. Do you see that either the institution of the university or um, the systems or just the people, the students in general are going, no, we're going to create space for that because we can see it more than ever that that's happening here. We want people to be able to ask the hard questions, to be able to struggle and to be honest about their doubts or their, their frustrations. Yeah. I would say that even though there's this outward, there can be an outward persona of, Oh, I have to have everything put together. When you actually ask somebody say, Hey, I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. or, Hey, I have these doubts or when you actually ask somebody like professors or fellow students or, um, just the, I don't know what you call them, but like other people who are on campus, mm-hmm. um, that you will find a per through personal relationship, you can have those questions and, talk to somebody about those questions because I think it's when you're trying to do it alone Mm -hmm. and you're just looking from the outside and going hmm I don't trust this I don't trust these people and it's you get in your own head of okay well I can't talk to anybody about this because nobody will understand I think when you get in your own head about that that's when you aren't able to have personal relationship in order to ask those questions. So Mm -hmm. I think if you find somebody, there is always somebody. (laughs) And I think definitely on a Christian campus, you have those people who are there for that reason. Like there's even, like it's not just counselors, which counselors are great, source but there's also I think every Christian is called to be part-time counselor (laughs) (laughs) and so you're gonna find that on a Christian campus and in a church and in that community you're going to find those people there and through personal relationship that's how you can ask those questions I believe so for the person listening who is feeling like that, who's feeling like I'm in this place right now where I'm struggling and I don't have community. And I love that you touched on that, Molly, because uh, the Christian walk was not made <laughs> not made to uh, be walked alone, right? 
But I think we've just come out of, hopefully we're coming out of it more and more, a real season of isolation for a lot of people. It's very isolating. It's very hard. It's so interesting. Last time you were here, you quoted uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, and he's famous for saying that God is dead. A lot of his thoughts, uh, you didn't quote him on that. I think you had a quote about the monster thing. It was a great quote, but um, I've been reading about him a little bit, actually, uh, not in preparation for this podcast, but because I've been reading Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it's been really profound. And one of the things that he talks about in there is the psychology of coming out of oppression, coming out of a time of like being pushed down and what happens to people when they're liberated, uh, that actually it's a time when you need to be concerned about how people are going to respond because uh, it's easy to become an oppressor then, right? To be like, ah, I'm out. You know, I don't know how to respond. And as I was reading that yesterday, actually, I was thinking, man, like there's so many correlations to coming out of this time of COVID, this time of being pushed down, like, don't look at me, stay away from me, don't breathe on me. But when we're desperate for community, and we're desperate for connection, and the very people that are struggling are also the people who are afraid, right? I mean, we all have fears and different things. So for somebody who's sitting here going, I want community, I don't know where to find it, I'm afraid, uh, this has been hard. What encouragement could you give to that person, either you or Isaiah? I would say that faith, faith beats fear every time. And I would say that living in a way that isn't fearful is always better than living in a way that is fearful. I think that for some people, stepping a f foot out of their house sounds like the most deadliest, dangerous thing in the world right now. But is stepping outside, being in nature with that risk of possibly getting sick, is that worse than spending your whole time cooped up in your house, like by yourself. I guess it's just kind of a, you gotta weigh your priorities. Like, do you, do you, like, that's, that's the thing is it's like, at this point, everyone's been forced to survive. Mm -hmm. That's been the whole key on everyone's mind is I just wanna survive this. It's like, well, we're surviving and, but we're not living. Like that, that the, the Christian walk isn't meant to be isolated. I mean, Ecclesiastes even says, like, two people are better than one for when one falls and the other can help them up. Like, that's, that's, that's something that God intended for all of us. It's like, no, we're not, we're not supposed to be secluded from other people. And if it's the world telling you to seclude yourself from other people, that should be our first cue to ditch that idea. Um, <laughs> and so... That's, that's what I would say is like, you know, I have faith that God's going to take care of you. If that, if you're acting on faith and you're seeking out other people and seeking out fellowship, then he will take care of you. Like, I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe you do get sick. Maybe, maybe you do fall ill, but you know, Job did too. And God still took care of him. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of what always comes back to me is it's like, you know, like, Ultimately, like this world doesn't matter. 
like the things that take place to us on this world don't matter because everything else has stock in eternity. And so it'd be better to take risks in this world that will benefit our eternal destination than to harm our spirit, that it will harm our spirituality for the sake of the life, I guess, making it better on this world. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to put to words, but I'm, I'm basically saying, like, take more stock in where you're going to be for eternity than you are here. Hmm. And so that's some advice I would give, I guess. Yeah. What is the purpose of this world then if it doesn't matter, Isaiah? I guess, okay, so I guess, like, not that it doesn't matter, but that, like, in the grand scope of things, like, that's the things, if, if, if a meteor could come down and could kill me today, but in my mind, it doesn't matter what I accomplished on this world, what matters is where I'm going when I die, mm-hmm. and I want to do my best to, part, to do, involve myself in things that are going to enrich my relationship with Christ so that I will be one of the ones where he says, like, well done, good and faithful servant, you know, when I get to the gate of heaven. So that, that, that I guess that like, I didn't mean that like this world doesn't matter because obviously God created it. Like it does matter, but I meant like what we, what we do, what we do personally in this world, if it's not for the kingdom of God, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, um, you know, earlier when I was uh, talking about that, that moment where in July, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this really isn't the pit that's so deep. Um, it, it happened at a place called Cannon Beach Conference Center, which is like this really special um, family conference center. They have all sorts of different Christian um, speakers come and it's just become a really sacred place for me personally. Uh, it's right on the ocean. And I just got back from there a couple of weeks ago. And I went down there because I just wanted some space. I needed some perspective. It was just one of those, you know, seasons where I just needed a little bit of just just me and Jesus time, you know. And so I, I went down to the ocean. Um, I actually met a friend down there. But um, on Saturday, I had some time alone. And I go out to the beach and I'm sitting on a log and looking out and it's this beautiful, like 65 degree uh, morning sunshine on the beach. Uh, the ocean waves are roaring. Whenever I'm at the ocean, I always think of the power of God and like how amazing he is, right? And it's just beautiful, beautiful morning. The seagulls are, you know, making noise. The birds are chirping. Uh, the, the heat of the sun is against my neck and I'm just giving thanks to God for this amazing moment of just morning glory with him, you know, and all of a sudden this little bee starts buzzing around my head and I was like, seriously, like annoyed. And I look over and it's not even a kind of a bee that can sting, I don't think, but I was just annoyed by it and it went away. And then it came back and then it went away and it came back. This happened several times. Meanwhile, I'm journaling a little bit and I'm thinking, huh, you know, God, what are you, what are you teaching me here? I'm talking about how beautiful the morning is. And I hear these people behind me, these young people, 
And the the girl was on her phone talking loudly. This is early in the morning, so it was kind of disruptive. Um, and her voice was kind of grating. I was like, ah, oh, just go away. And then the guy that she was with, he was like hawking loogies, you know, and like making these horrible sounds. And he was loud and obnoxious. And I think they were swearing. And I just was so annoyed by their presence. And I felt just this impression upon my spirit from the Lord, like, I love them. And they can't see what's right in front of them. You know, and your purpose that I created you for is to help share this with people like them who drive you nuts. And this little bee that's buzzing around you, you know, uh, like that can't even hurt you. Those are the things that just bother you, that annoy you, that get in the way of what I'm doing here. And I was just like, <laughs> like having a moment with the Lord. But I was just thinking, yeah, like nothing really matters. What you're saying, Isaiah, like it doesn't matter if it's not if it doesn't have eternal value, it really doesn't. Um, but so often, like the, the people, the things that drive us nuts are the very things and the very people that do matter. And um, man, I was convicted the other day. Anyway, I don't know why I shared that story, except that earlier I thought about sharing it and I felt like sharing it now. Molly, do you have any other thoughts on that? Um, I love that story, Janelle. <laughs> and it's so relatable. Um. <laughs> That just reminded me of sometimes in the, I work in the morning sometimes, and sometimes I have a lot of time to myself and just in my thoughts and a hymn that I keep, that keeps coming to mind is, or at least a line from it is, and the things of earth will go, will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. Yeah. And that sounds like... <laughs> what you're saying is that the things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace and those annoying things that bother us that can't hurt us if we (laughs) let them um they'll they'll grow dim and we'll be able to focus on his light yeah i heard a pastor once say like what's the one thing that we we are called to do now that we will not be doing in heaven. It's pointing people to Jesus. And uh, I don't know. I was just like, Mm -hmm. wow. (laughs) Uh, Conviction. Um, Do you have any further encouragement or anything you'd like to share uh, today? Either one of you. Um, Last time, I think you guys shared, uh, I know Isaiah, you shared a song and Molly, you shared a verse or maybe you both shared a verse, but, Anything uh, that you'd like to leave with anybody listening today? Or a worship song? Any, any, I mean, that song that you just shared was uh, good. I can't remember what the name of that song is. Yeah. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. Can I tell you that retreat that I just went to, the speaker said something like this, and again, I'm going to misquote her, but she said, the only thing the enemy wants is to turn your eyes away from Jesus, to turn it back onto you or onto what's right in front of you, like the things that are like getting in your way. I was just like, so true. Like how often does it come right back? Like, oh, I want to turn my eyes on me. Um, anyway, that kind of reminds me of what you just shared. 
How about you, Isaiah? You know, I was just for the person that is struggling during this time in their faith and stuff and trying to see it or trying to figure out what's real. I know I love the title of your podcast is Finding Something Real. So I'd say that like Jesus is real. The love of God is very real, but it takes an op- it takes a willing heart to experience it. Like, so that's the thing is I feel like so many people are just waiting for Jesus to break through the door of their heart and change them without their permission. But you won't do that. He'll stand on the door and knock, but you have to go let him in. And so I'd say that like for the people that are having doubts or that are struggling and that need something like that, I'd say like, have a heart to heart, get on your knees up in your room by yourself. Like Daniel did in the Bible and pray, like, Ask God to ch- come and change your heart. Like, ask God to do His work in you, and He will. Like, you can't you can't walk in. Fr- you can't get hit by a semi truck and not have something change not changed. Like, if someone was totally fine and they walk up to me and said, "I just got hit by a semi," I wouldn't believe them. It's the same thing as you can't get hit by something that big, that powerful, without having a change. Mm. It's kind of a brutal analogy, but it's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's good. But- no, like Jesus is like a semi truck. Like you, in you, if your heart is you, like you can't, you can't truly experience Him without having something just marvelously changed. If it, if you didn't know Him before, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's just an encouragement I give to people. So true. Uh, and I loved that last time you guys were on here. You shared from John fourteen about the peace that that Jesus gives us. You know, even in the midst of so much craziness in the world and no matter what happens. And um, it's funny because at the beginning of this year, I came across a, a podcast where the guy was talking about John 20, 21, because he'd been looking up verses for 2021. And John 2021 20, says, um, again, uh, peace be with you. I say it again, like my peace, I give to you. And it's, uh, the context is that Jesus is, uh, bringing peace after he has resurrected and he's reminding his disciples. He says it three times that he is bringing them peace. And he keeps reminding them that because of his presence, there is peace. I have one final question for you guys. It's the final question I always ask. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ. Obviously, there are many others, but which of those stands out to you the most in your life right now and why restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love? I think for me, I would... In this season of life, I would say authenticity, which is probably what I chose last time, but I'll choose it again. Um, Just in talking about identity and just the changes that go on in that, but being authentic in my identity of Christ inside and out is something that I want to continue in and having that foundation set in Christ, having that show, having that be what shines through and that authenticity of that and just continually being sanctified in that is something 
I guess that's a little bit of restoration too. Um, <laughs> but having that sanctification come through in my identity and being authentic in that is something that I would, it's something that stands out to me in this season of life right now. Yeah. I think the word for me, I think I chose eternity last time, if I'm remembering right. That's a flood of memories. Holy cow. Over a year ago. That's kind of impressive that I remembered. I that. think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, restoration. As I think I was actually, I was reading over your questions the other night and that was the one that stuck me. I was like, yeah, I'm, that's the one. Is it like the world right now is not how it's supposed to be. Mm. And it's not how it's going to be because in the end of the Bible, at the very end, he says, behold, I make all things new. Yeah. Like that means that there's something different than this broken, cursed, fallen world is supposed to be. This world is designed to tear apart Christians and it's designed to lead people astray, but that's not how it's meant to be. That's how, that's not how God designed it. That's how the enemy shaped it. And that's how it became when we fell. And I think that that's one of the hopes is that's why Jesus came is to restore, is to restore hope to the hurting, give rest to the weary, give peace to those who enter into his gates. Like that's, I don't know. I just think that's an amazing encouragement to hear, especially in the world that we live in now today. Is that it's this, this is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. There's a sickness on this place. Yeah. It's not just COVID nineteen, <laughs> but there's a sickness, and Jesus is a divine healer if we let him be. Yeah. And he will heal all of us if we let him, and eventually he's going to heal everything. Yeah. So I think that's just. That's what sticks out to me. I love that. It reminds me of um, a video that Francis Chan did years ago uh, called Stop and Think. And I think it's like 15 minutes long. I'll link it in the show notes. But he is walking along the beach and he's showing the world. You know, he's like, look at this. Look at this beauty. Look at this place. Look at what God has created. Um, but we know that it's not as it should be. There's something missing. There's something not right. Um, and what you just said, Isaiah, it's sin, you know, and for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Um, he loves this world, this messy, broken world, and he's inviting us into relationship with him to say yes to his yes over us. Molly and Isaiah, thank you so much for coming back on. I hope you come on again again someday in the future i uh, hope i didn't scare you away too much <laughs> uh, oh, you're always such an encouragement Aww. and just talking with you like i know you're interviewing us but also <laughs> but it is such a treat to get to be encouraged by you and to by each other so mm. thank you for having I, us I feel thank you way. so much for having us on again it's it's an honor honestly uh, you guys inspire me um, when I think of, you know, as I get older, I think, man, what would I have been like in this world right now? Because um, this is crazy. Plus, you have social media. We didn't even talk about that this time, what we talked about it last time. You know, there's just a lot um, information at your fingertips constantly. Um, so when I see people who are um, in the thick of it and just like passionate about the Lord, 
it inspires and encourages me. So anyway, until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.